to Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And stand to your feet in honor of God's word. It's customary for us that we, we stand and we read the word of God. You know, back in the Old Testament, that's the way they used to do it. When they were to bring out the word of God, everybody stood up. You know, because the word of God is power. The word of God lasts forever. We respect, we honor his word. It's sacred. And so when we stand, it's our way of saying everything stops. No movement, no talking, nobody. We're about to get into the word of God. How many know when God speaks for his word, everybody needs to listen? It's not just for a free folk, it's for everybody in here. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? All right. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter number 8, and I'm going to start reading in verse number 11. And when you arrive there, you can say amen. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you. I heard that somewhere this morning. To do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember that the Lord your God, for he, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Watch this. That he might may establish his covenant, which he swore to his fathers as it is this day. Let's pray. Father, we magnify you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Oh, God, where would we be? What would we do without your word? As you have declared that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. So, Lord, we approach this, this morning, your table, because we want to be fed this morning. God, we want to be fed with the truth of your word. And so, Lord God, we come, Father God, with a heart that says, when you speak, Not only will we listen, but we will obey. Father, we come this morning to posture ourselves to obey. We come this morning with a heart of obedience because we know the blessing is in surrendering to your will today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you've brought us through, and all that you're taking us through. And Father, we thank you for the victory that lies ahead. We love you and we praise you, Lord. Get glory in this message today. Use me, Lord, as a conduit for your own glory. And Father, we will give you the praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God. And so we are kicking off our series today, and the series is entitled Kingdom Finance. So for the next several weeks, we will be talking about M-O-N-E-Y, Moolah, the presidents, as he said in the video. How many of you enjoyed that video this morning? So we'll be talking about money this morning. And in this series, we are going to explore who owns our money. We'll talk about that today. The importance of keeping God first. How to stay financially free. Staying out of debt, not being a slave to your money. How many do God don't want you to be a slave to anything but him? Y'all understand that, right? And so we'll be dealing with this for the next several weeks. And I like to say that this series, and for those who may have some, uh, be somewhat hesitant, this is not about trying to manipulate you to give more money in the offering plate. How many know that you should know better than that by now, at least if you attend this church? But it is about being financially healthy. How many know that God wants us financially healthy? You know, there's a, there's a saying, I mean, this is one of the things that we all like to say a lot. We talk about it. We say, man, you know, uh, Jesus is the Lord of my life. How many of you say that today? Come on, let me see. How many of you would say Jesus is? Come on, let me hear it. Let me see your hands. Come on. I want, I want to see Usher, let, note whose hand is not up. <laughs> Every one of us, we have this cliche. We say, the Lord, he's a Lord of my life. But can I say something to you? This may be a little bit radical. But I, I, I believe that I got all of heaven to back me up. You see, if God is not Lord of your money, he ain't really Lord of your life. You can say what you want to say until he becomes Lord over your pocketbook. He ain't Lord yet. Pastor, you don't understand. I come to church. I do good works. I understand all that. But Jesus deals with, I mean, the Bible says where your heart is, your treasure will follow. In other words, your money. How many know that Jesus spoke a whole lot about stewardship and money? You know why he did that? Because it's, it's where our heart is. It's what we, and, and, and as, as that video said this morning, money is the root. Money itself is not evil. But the love of money is the root of all evil. You can come back, you can, you can take a look at so many different things and problems in our world today. And how many know that you'll discover probably that money is at the root of it? The love of money. So as Christians, how do we how do we handle money? And, and I know understand that that, that and, and I know I'm fighting against the tide somewhat because, you know, whenever, you know, particularly a preacher or somebody start talking about your money, you know, people you, are usually it's like that. You know, if you can if you can see it in the spirit, it's like zoom, 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 zoom. it's like these walls go up. But how many know that you will never get free until you can surrender your money to God? You will never get free. And you will never get free. And if I love you, how many know that what makes you what makes you free? Truth. Truth will set you free. So we have to talk about this, the elephant in the room. We have to deal with this issue of money. 
because it affects every part of our being, your emotions, your health, your peace of mind, your relationships. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? 56% of all divorces are a result of some kind of financial pressure. There are over a thousand or more verses in the Bible that deal specifically with money. 2,300, we estimate. One out of every six verses in Matthew, Mark, Luke are about material possessions. And of course, nearly all of Jesus' parables dealt with stewardship and money. You don't have to take my word for it. If you read your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus spoke more about money than he spoke about heaven and hell combined. These are the facts. And it's not so much because Jesus is obsessed with money. He knows that we are obsessed with it. Because it's the gateway to help us to, uh, I guess we look at it as a way to fulfill the thing that we want to do. Or, should I say, to fulfill our lusts. How many know the world today is filled with all kinds of lusts? And when we come into the kingdom of God, how many know that God give us a whole new lease on life? And, and let me tell you something, and I, and I learned this very, very early on in my Christian walk with God. That, that and, and I remember having this conversation with somebody years ago. And I said, uh, they said to me, uh, man, you need to start giving minimally. You should give 10% of your money to God. I remember being offended by that statement. You know why I was offended by that statement? The same reason some of you are sitting here today and you are offended by that statement. Because you're overloaded on one side and because you haven't surrendered your pocketbook to God, you're at a place where you're not free. Where you can do what God wants you to do with his money. We're going to drive that home in a moment because we're going to shatter some ways of thinking this morning. So, so from my personal experience, we don't really, how many of you have been praying, God has given me more money? Come on. Can I say something to you? In most cases, and don't be offended, I'm just a messenger today. We don't have, you don't need more money. A lot of us, we just got a, a problem with how we manage money. You know that if God gave you a million dollars, and you were a bad manager of a million dollars, you will still be a slave to debt. If it's $20,000, and you're a bad manager of $20,000, and you're a slave, you'll be a slave to debt if you don't know how to handle money the right way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many people do we know of today who have millions, and we say, how in the world can you ha- sign a contract for $100 million and you broke? Because they never understood the principle of how to handle money. Never understood it. Never understood it. How many know that, 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 that part of taking a person out of the ghetto is you got to take them out of a ghetto mentality? If you don't get delivered from a ghetto mentality, you'll stay where you are. And how many know God is not interested in rewarding bad stewardship? He, he just doesn't do it. And so today I want to awaken you to the reality that God owns it all. Now, I want you to repeat that after me, and I want you to say it like you believe it, even if you don't. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you say it, at some point, you'll start to believe it, and it'll transform your life. Are you ready? Are you ready to repeat this for me? God owns it all. Come on, everybody. 
God owns it all. Let's say it again. God owns it all. He don't own, watch this. He don't just own the 5%. Watch it, or the 10%, because you've you heard some folks say this, you know, and, and I've heard some preachers say this over the pulpit because they want to try to encourage people to tithe, and, and what they say is, all God wants is 10%, and the rest, you can, it's yours. You can do whatever you want. The devil is a liar. No, God owns the 5, the 10, the 15. He owns it all. God owns everything. So we're going to drive that home. I'm going to drive that point home this morning. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. Familiar passage. It says, the earth is the Lord. The earth. The earth is the Lord's. Nobody else can make that claim. He said, the earth is the Lord's. Watch this. And he takes it a step further. He said, and all is fullness. So not just the earth is the Lord, but watch this. Everything that's in it belongs to the Lord. Right? Now watch this now. He said, the world and those who dwell in it, all the peoples, everybody, everything, it all belonged to God. For he has founded it upon the seas and he has established it upon the waters. All of our material possessions. Your houses, your clothing, your cars, your toys, every, it all belongs to God. Now, let me say this. Until you get that reality, you will never really be financially free. And listen, in other words, the money that you have, the money that you make in the paycheck, it does not belong to you. God is the owner. You are not the owner. And if, 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 I can, if I can drive anything into your heart this morning, you got to get this point. Because unless, until you get this point, you will stay in that vicious cycle that you're in. I mean, no, God sent me here this morning to help get us free. We're going to preach truth. I know some of you, we talking, some of you don't want to hear, but you're going to get this and you're going to get free. You're going to be the better for it. Because I believe that when we apply, everybody say apply. See, nothing happens. Some of you, you, you heard talking about money, but here's the thing. From the last series we did on money, some of us still have not made changes. How many know changes ain't going to just happen about osmosis? Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a what? You can't blame. If you ain't doing it, how many know nothing's going to what? Change. Until we change our minds. And so understand this principle, because it's so important. That it all belongs to God. Everything. The earth, everything that's in it. Even the only difference between believers and unbelievers is we got the revelation that it's all belonged to God. They don't know this yet. That's why folk who don't know God, that's why they, they get defensive, they fight because they think it all belongs. See, that's why the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Why can God say that? Because it's his. You can't make that statement unless you got authority over it all. So we serve a God who owns all of it. Indeed, this is Deuteronomy 10, 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest of heaven belong to the Lord your God. Also the earth and all, everybody say all, all that is in it. For every animal of the forest is mine. How I many know we serve a bad God? 
I, lo- I love it. He said, every, this, this is Psalm 50:10. He said, every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills, it all belongs to me. I know your name is on it, but don't be fooled. It all belongs to God. How many know the silver and the gold belongs to God too? Hey, God. 2.8 says, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. All of it belongs to God. Y'all know, Wall Street belongs to God. Well, how do you say that, Pastor? Well, the earth and everything that is in it belongs to him. The silver and the gold, it all belongs to God. This is why Christians, this is why we don't need to trip over money. Because your daddy owns it all. And how many know that if we need anything, all we need to do is talk to our daddy? Come on. Because he owns it all. How many are glad to know today that God owns it all? And I know some of us sometimes, sometimes you don't like hearing that because I know that you go put your hand to the plow. I, I know you go drive down 95. You see, I, I, I know you put in them hours but, 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 but what you got to realize is that everything, your strength, your ability, it all have, is derivative from God. Money, your money belongs to God. I want to keep saying that because I really want you to get that into your spirit. Because when you live like your money belongs to somebody else, you'll make decisions about money a lot differently. I'll give you an example. I went to um, the, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe. It's one of my favorite places to go, right? Because I can get a healthy drink there. So I go there, and so we was talking about our Mayfest, and so there was a gentleman there, and, uh, and he was, uh, uh, and I always thought he was a manager. Some of you, anybody go to Stafford, uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe here in Stafford? Well, there's one guy who's always there, and I thought for sure the guy was manager, was a manager. So I go over there, and we said, man, you want to bring your, we got a big Mayfest coming up. We would love for you to bring your big old truck out there, and, and you know, and I thought for sure that this guy was, was in charge, because the way he acts sometimes, you walk in there, it's like, man, he run the thing. He's always there, and, and he looks at me, and he says, um, he said, I already passed up that information. He said, I, I, he said, I would love to do it. I, I want to do it. I pass it up to the owner because I can't do anything. Now, he wanted to bring that truck out there. Everything in him. But you know what? He couldn't do it because he didn't have permission from the owner. He realized that he didn't own it and that the only way he was to bring that truck out there, he had to first ask the owner. How many know that we get into a habit of talking to God like he owns our money like that? Things would be a whole lot different. Let's be honest because we don't think that way. Usually we want what we want and we ask God to bless it. Am I right about it? We don't seek first and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I got a raise today. Whoopee. You know, the first thing, man, I'm going to indulge. But you know, the first thing you should say if God blesses you with a raise is, Lord, what would you have me do with your money? You just gave me more. God, I know you want to make me a black God. This is yours. What do you want me to How many know we need to ask God on the front end? Not on the back. Listen, we need to put God, everybody say first. And this is what, and we'll talk about tithing in the coming weeks. But, but tithing is really about putting God, what? First. Because if you don't, you won't. You won't. You'll put, let me tell you something. It is an offense to the kingdom of God that we tip him. 
No, much, much of a church today, you know, you know, and, I, and I'm, I, you know, let, let me just say this because I want to qualify a few things because I have to do this. God wants you to take care of your family. You have to have a place to live. I get it. You have to have food. You have to have transportation. Now, all those things, God wants you to do that. But watch this, not at the expense, particularly when it comes to, you know, lavishing some of the other stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, you know, God don't want us to enjoy ourselves at the expense of supporting the work that he has called us to do in the earth. No, no, we no, no, no. That's why the Bible says in Malachi, will a man rob God? Some of us are overspent. And the question is, what are you doing about it? Yeah, God wants you to have a house. And maybe did you have to get one that you can't afford to pay for? Did you have to go buy a car that you did? And now you can't tithe now because you have to put it into that car. I bought a car last week. My tithe ain't going to stop. Oh, no, I don't stop. No, 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 no. But some of us, we do that. And then we say, Lord, bless. How many know, how many know that we need to get some things under control? Can we talk today? You'll never get free until you learn that God owns it all and that you are simply a steward. That's what you are. And you and I are going to have to give an account to God when we die, whether we like it or not. We're going to have to give an account to God for how we handled his money. Everybody say his money. Oh, boy. His money. Luke 16. Watch this. This is Luke 16 verses one and two. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Mm -hmm. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you no longer can be steward. You're not responsible for mine, but you're responsible for what God has given to you. How you steward over that. Watch this. In Luke 16, 10, verses 10 through 12. He who is faithful in what is what? Least is faithful also in what? Come on, work with me, church. Come on. Faithful in what? Are y'all looking at the verse? Luke 16, verses 10 through 12. I'll stay here. I'll stay here all day long till y'all preach with me. Come on. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in what? And he who is unjust, watch this. And what is least is what? Is also unjust in what? Much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the true riches? If you have not been faithful in what another man, what is another man's, who will give you his own? Now watch this, sirs. How many know the stewardship? Stewardship means this. It's a, a manager, administrator, who, one who manages the resources of another See, a faithful steward realized, I'm just here to make sure that it's managed properly. How many know that every one of us are going to be judged by God for how we manage? Everybody say manage. So the accusation was here that he was wasting his master goods. Now, I don't know how, I try to think about what this was. How was he wasting his master's good? How was he wasting? And I believe a lot of that is rooted in, how many know we're wasting when we're not utilizing it according to what God wants? That's a waste. See, I believe that this man 
He was handling or holding God's money as if it was his own. And therefore, he was wasting it. This was an accusation. And so the thing that he said here is give an account for your stewardship. In other words, tell me what have you been doing with what I have? And some of us even have the nerve to think that God is going to give us more if we're not faithful with what we got already. He who is faithful with least will be faithful with what? Don't you not, do you not know that God sees what you're doing? Come on, church. Do, do we not see that God sees what we're doing? If, if there's not, if, 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 our, if our ability to handle money, if we're being controlled by the lust of our flesh and we're just spending and we're not even talking to God about his money, we're not even consulting him, how many know that we're already out of order? We're already out of order. And, and one of the ways to get back right with God is to just start right now obeying what you know to do. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this, D. All right, for example, all right, well, I'm going to start tithing when, uh, when God give me more money. No, you won't. No, no. Okay, here, here's, here's, here's what I'm saying. Okay, watch, watch this. See, when you go to the doctor, and the doctor says you got an infection, infection, is it, the doctor's not going to say to you, well, let's see, uh, Miss Bailey, you got an infection. Let's just drag this thing out for a few months, a couple years. Let's just slowly turn this thing around, you know, because you got, you got an infection, you know. No, 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 no. That, that's, that doctor's, how many know that's a bad doctor? Because when you got an infection, they want to get rid of the infection what? Right away. Why? Why? Come on, talk to me. Why? It spreads. The I, I, only thing I know to do is, the only way to stop some of the bleeding that we're going through, we just got to do a cold turkey. How many know that we took some radical steps to get into debt? We got to take some radical steps to get out. I'm just saying, if you took some radical steps to get in, you could, listen, I just just stop and start obeying God right now. That's all, that's all I know. Because I believe that God is faithful to his word. Didn't Walter tell you this morning, test me in this. Test me in this. Like God really needs. How many know he already told you he owns it all? So he says to this servant, give an account. He has to give an account. In other words, God is watching how you're handling his money. He's looking at every little minute detail. He who is faithful with Least with, with much will be faithful. Who is faithful with least will be faithful with much. So you got to ask yourself the question. Are you faithful now with what you have? Everybody here got to ask yourself the question. Are you faithful with managing God's resources with the little bit you have? How many know that if you got a, a big problem management now, to give you more is just going to be a bigger problem? I believe that God oftentimes delays a blessing because we're not ready for it. Because your mentality first has to change, and then now you open the door for God to really bless you because your mindset in terms of how to handle money God's way, everybody say God's way, has been shifted. So this is, this is very, very important that we understand this, this whole point. And so this brings us down to Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Let's read a couple of verses here. Actually, we read this passage at the beginning, but we're going we're gonna to recite some things. And so let me give you a little bit of background here at Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
Here in Deuteronomy, Moses is really just kind of bringing the people to a place where he wants them to remember everything that God had done for them. God had delivered them out of slavery, brought them through the Red Sea, destroyed Pharaoh. God had provided for them when they were in the wilderness. There were times and they didn't have water and God gave them water out of a rock. There were times and they didn't have bread that God gave them manna for heaven. In other words, all the while, God was providing for them. And Moses had to let them, Moses was really just letting them know it. He was reminding them that all that God had did, God had took care of their every need. No, they didn't have everything they wanted. How many know, just like today, you don't have everything you want. And you shouldn't, listen, I'm glad that God don't give me everything I want. Come on, somebody. There are some things that I realized in life that I wanted. Thank God he didn't give it to me. Is anybody here thankful that there were some things that you wanted and God didn't give it to you? And you look back and say, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. There was a woman I thought I was supposed to have back in the day, but I praise the Lord. I got the right one right here. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm thanking the Lord. Because right, you, know, you get yoked up, you're yoked up. Tread carefully. <laughs> That's all I can say to you who are in the marketplace. Huh. So, so God took care of their every need. He provided for them every single day. And you know what else they did every day? They complained. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody ever complain about your current situation? Oh, God, I don't like these pork and beans. I deserve filet mignon. I deserve me some ribs. If I want some ribs, I ought to be able to get me some ribs. Sick and tired of eating hot dogs, pork and beans. Ah, isn't that what we do? We 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 start to we start we have this this spirit of entitlement. Yeah, I'm supposed to have this. And then what happens is we overextend ourselves because we were supposed to. And then we say, God, help. Am I right about it? So God took care of every one of their needs. And watch this, church. We see a warning. And here's what we see right here in Deuteronomy. We see a warning that rings just as true for us today as it did for the Israelites thousands of years ago. First thing. That Moses had to remind them, watch this. And I said this before, and I want to say it again. How many know that we're dull of hearing? How many know that we always have to repeat stuff over and over again? Look, look, parents have to do it to their kids, and adults had to do it to adults. Boy, I wish, can I, can I, can I talk, can I, can I really talk this one? All right, so I wish that we could just come in here, watch this, and just, we don't even have to just, we don't have to say nothing about an offering, that the people of God would just know and understand giving so much, the man at the door, they're just dropping and, and just blessing the kingdom. We don't have to say nothing. But it bears it out that if you don't tell people, you don't, man, they won't do it. I'm telling you from experience, I know what I know. 
Because we forget. I don't forget. He said, look at verse 11. He says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. How many know that we can very, very easily forget? God start blessing us. Here's what God was saying. It was like, it was like he was letting them know. Moses was prophesying. He knew that they weren't going to listen. He knew it. So he says, look, he said now, but, but yet he still has to give him the warning. How many know God already know what we're going to do a lot of time before we do it? But how many know he's merciful? He's still going to give us a warning. Aren't you glad to hear it? How many know, how many know what I'm talking about? God already know what we're going to do. God already know who's going to receive this word with joy and get free and get delivered. He already know the other folk that's going to say, no, I ain't doing nothing. He already, but the warning going to stand right there. You're not going to get free until you come under surrender of what God wants you to do with his money. Everybody say his money. So you got to get used to saying that. Beware that you do not forget. How many know that sometimes that success and wealth blinds us to the reality of God's provision? That's why the Bible says how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because when you start, when God, how many know, and here's the wonderful thing, here's what I like about this. God wants to bless us. Oh, did anybody see that? God wants you to be blessed. God don't have a problem giving you nothing. I look in the parking lot, some of y'all drive some real nice cars. Some of you live in some real nice houses. Come on, raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. Act like you know what you're doing. Come on. Come on. You're blessed. I know some of you want to put your hand up. Oh, you're blessed. I, I, know, I know where you're at. That's okay. That's okay, God. More importantly, God knows you're blessed. God wants to bless. But you know that there are some folk that when, if God just give them what they want, man, they will take the hijack, the blessing, and you won't see them. They'll stop doing what God told them to do. They'll stop praying. They'll stop seeking God. Their affections will lie in other things other than God. And so God has to restrain. Watch this. To protect you from yourself. Aren't you glad that we got a God that'll protect you, you from yourself. I'm glad that God protects me because I don't know a lot. Half the time, listen, half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I know. All I know to do is to seek him and to ask him to pray. And some of us halfway do that. And so I am glad that God protected you. And, and so God says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, which is, I really love this. I mean, he said, I let you go all the way through that wilderness and all that stuff. I brought you through all that so that I could test you, prepare you. How many know that in order to receive the blessing, the conditions for the blessing must be in place? Particularly if the blessing going to have staying power. How many know God wants you to have staying power? It's not God's will that you be a slave to debt. It's not God's will. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It's not God's will that the bill collector is hunting you down. It's not God's will that you stay stuck in that cycle. At some point, you got to change. That may mean that maybe you got to sacrifice. You may be, maybe something you had, maybe you just got to give it. I don't know what you got. You got to pray and talk to God about it. But here's what I do know. God wants you to be free, and he wants you to be free for his purposes. Yeah, 
Everybody say his purposes. Because how many know God got a work that he wanted to do in the earth? And he requires his people to step up. If we don't step up, who will? Who cares for the church? The church got to care for us. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so when, when, when God said, bring mine to the storehouse, it is really about making sure that my kingdom is being funded in the earth because there's nothing else that is more important than the kingdom. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Seek first the kingdom and all these what? We want all the things first. No, we want to flip it. No, seek first the what? Kingdom, Matthew 6, and then all these things. Why? Because you are kingdom-minded. And let me tell you something. You're not kingdom-minded because you say you're kingdom-minded. You're kingdom-minded because you demonstrate it. Money talk, the other stuff walks. That's the holy version. You get it? How many know money says a whole lot? Your checkbook says a whole lot about your character and what's really important to you. Your portfolio says what's really important to you. And yet, more importantly, your portfolio d- demonstrates who you think own it all. Watch. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Oh, gosh. He said, beware that you don't forget. Because we can forget. That's why you got to come to church all the time, right? That's why you got to surround yourself with the word all the time. That's why you always got to keep feeding your soul, keep feeding your spirit. Why? Because you'll forget after a while. You'll just start getting spiritually slack, you know, lax in your spirit, man. And all of a sudden, things will start tapering off. And then if you're not careful, you'll start developing the mindset of the world. You'll start thinking like ungodly folk. I need to go to church every Sunday. Ain't that what ungodly people say? Yeah. Am I right about it? Christians don't say that. All right, so we do talk about that. So we all want to beat that. So we gotta keep going. All right, so, 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 guys, watch this. So look at verses twelve and fourteen. He said, "Lest when you have eaten and you are full." Oh God, what was God's intent all along? <laughs> How many know that all things work together for good for those who love God? Uh, you know, I'm happy. See, here's why we can trust. We, we, can, we can obey God. We can trust God we can, because we know that in the end, God's going to take care of me. We know that God's going to take care of us, right? How many know God's going to take care? How many know God got your back? He got your back. And I'm, I'm glad. I mean, he has our back. He said, that's when you have eaten in a full and you have beautiful houses to dwell in. And when your herds and your flock, that means your income, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. Wow, look at this. He says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, how many know that God brought us out? Sometimes you need to just go back and think about where you were before you, got, before, before you came to Christ. It may not be exactly the way you want it to be right now, but I don't know about you, but I look back over my life to what it used to be. Oh, I'm shouting the praise. Thank God. I ain't, I ain't that. I may not be where I need to be, but I ain't what I used to be. Is anybody hearing that this morning? Oh. So God brought me out of bondage. Everybody say, it was God. 
It was God who brought you out. It was God who delivered you. It was God that was providing for you. It was God protecting and providing and caring for us even when we weren't grateful or even following him completely. It was God who still cared for us. Look at verse 15. And he led you through that great and terrible wilderness. How do you know what I'm talking about? In which there were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water. Has anybody ever had lack in here? Who brought water from, from you out of the flinty rock? How many know that all the while, even when you had some hard times and some bad times, it was God that sustained you? Some of you know what I'm talking about right now. Has anybody ever had God stretch $5, make $5 last for a week? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a check coming in the mail, something happened, God provides, God touched somebody's heart. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to come from. But somehow, someway, or while you were going through all that stuff, all those snakes and all those scorpions, and you were being bit, God was sustaining you all the while. The whole time, God was providing for you. He was making a way for you. The whole day went through the fiery, the serpents and all that stuff. They had no water, but yet God gave it to them when they needed it. He met them. He cared for them. See, I'm preaching this real good because, boy, there was a time when it was real hard, real hard for a brother. I know what I'm talking about. And all the while, God was caring for them. Some of you right now, you know what I'm talking about. You're going through it. You're dealing with some issues right now. But, but somehow, God just keep on. <laughs> yeah, God just keep on making a way for you. He keep on providing for you. He keep on caring for you. Even when you ain't doing your part. So when the, when the, when, so when the, when the team says, you're a good, good father. So see, so some of you got to know where that comes from. How many know God is good and his mercy endures forever? So all the while, God was sustaining them. And, and, and look at verse number 16. And who fed you in the wilderness with manner which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good. Do you believe that God has something good in store for you? Yes. <laughs> see, he says he tests us. See, see, the test is, number one, here's, here's where the test is. The test is us realizing, like I said before, that it all belongs to God. And however God wants me to handle and use his money, my response is I just need to obey that. I just need to do what God says. I need to structure my finances, watch this church, in such a way that it reflects that God is most important in my life. Let me, let me say that again. We all need to structure our financial structure, whatever that is. We need to structure it in such a way that the kingdom of God is primary in our lives. Are you hearing me? Now watch. He said in verse 16, he fed you a wilderness, which your fathers did not know, that he might test you, humble you. This is what God does. God tests us. He humbles us because, quite frankly, some of us need to be humble. Say, say amen. We, we all need that, you know, because we're not, we're not careful, man. God stopped blessing some of us, man. We just start, how many, you know, I, you know I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to check myself the other day. So, so y'all, some of y'all know we, we brought a new Ford Explorer. Can I just talk, can I talk to you? So, I'm sitting there driving the car. Now, I'm happy. God done blessed me now. 
But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my brothers, my sisters, I found myself kind of getting a lean on. And I said, and the Lord spoke to me, hold on, sit up, boy. I said, oh, wait a minute. I kind of got that lean on, like, you know, like, hey, boy, look, 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 look. I'm just being honest, because some of you, some of you lean, some of you drive back like it's mine, but I'm about bad. Check me out. Listen, because what happened is that we can start thinking very easily, man, you know, this is, this is mine. This is mine. And God, listen, when God blesses you, he don't bless you just for you. Y'all know that, right? You know, God got a broader perspective. God ain't just about, he ain't, listen, he ain't trying to make you no spiritual pimp. He said, you're holy. We understand. It's okay to lean, but just make sure that when you lean, it look like God did it. Let it be with a little bit of humility. Lord, I thank you. Won't you blast some worship music? Let everybody know around you that God did it. Raise the roof up in here. Praise him going down the road. You just need to do it in such a way that folk know God did it. You want to be a testimony to him. Now watch. Now here's the kick and I'm done. Watch this. So all these tests. So here's what God is doing right now. He's testing you. Because some of us don't give the way that we're supposed to give, the way God told us to give. Am I right about it? Let's be honest. We ain't doing it. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll remain where you are. It's not a, it, listen, how many know that, 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 that God is a good father that loves us? Am I right about it? And here's the point, here's the point of the matter. It's a test. So here's the test. Lord, this is your money. And God, whatever you want me to do with it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to invest in the things that are important to you. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to do all those things because God called me to do that. That's part of my calling. But I better make sure that the investments that I make most is in his kingdom and the things that are really important to God long term. Because if you don't prioritize the church, how many know you'll give God whatever you got left over? We, we, how many know we got too many leftover givers in the house of God? You got a leftover spirit. You give God, you pay everybody, but then come to God, what I got. That ain't telling, boy, you ain't saying that God is all that important. Oh, come on, church. You remember in the book of Malachi? I don't want to read Malachi, but Malachi chapter 1, it, it, he saw, he saw God said, you know, you, you bring me to sick, you bring me to lame, you bring that which is, he said, go give that to your president. See what he accepted. I am a great king. Don't just give me. Don't tip me. Don't give me less. How many know when you love God, you give big? Oh, some of y'all don't want to hear that. Because one of the ways that we demonstrate how much we love God is that we give to the thing. We, we're givers. And we love giving. How many of you, come on, how many of you can say with all of your heart, you love giving away than you love receiving? That's where we should be. We, we should be, I love giving more than I do receiving. Because the Bible says it's more blessed to what? To give than to what? Do you believe that? Amen. Now here's the point. Watch this. Listen to this. He says in verse number 17 and 18. Y'all still listening? Say amen. Look at this. All right. <clears throat> then you shall say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You see what you see what's happening there, church? See what happens. This is what God already knows. 
that revelation got to get real deep in your heart. That the power and the resources, the education, the smarts you got, it all belongs to God. All of it. Now watch this. He says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He didn't stop there. So it's God that gives us power to get wealth. It's God that blesses us with what we have. That's one of the things he wanted to drive home. But watch this. That he may establish his what? Covenant. What's his covenant about? His covenant he made to Abraham. That in you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. How many know that God is after the souls of men? over the entire earth. And how many know that God blesses us, everything about what God is doing, it is about his covenant. How many know that he's a covenant-keeping God? And you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He says, look at this. He gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to his fathers as it is this day. It's about God's covenant. One, that we might know that all, all of it belongs to him because we have to remind ourselves of that because when you know it all belongs to him, you don't get offended when he calls for it. Is anybody hearing that? When you know it all belongs to him, you don't get offended with somebody. If I own something and I'm telling you that I'm, I'm the owner and you're managing my stuff and I say, give me my stuff, you don't say, well, no, you don't get an attitude. Why? Because... It's yours. I mean, if you're, if you're the owner of something, you got somebody managing your stuff, and they, they act like their stuff is yours, they won't get, what would you do with that person? Goodbye. Goodbye. If you get offended, hear me, if you get offended, it's because you think it's yours. Did I just speak truth right there? If you're getting mad about giving, if you get upset, if you get offended, if anxiety and stress start to well up in your heart, it's because you've been handling it like it's yours. And therefore, you're not free. And Jesus ain't Lord until we give that. I mean, we got to give up that part of our life, too. And I don't know about you. I made enough mistakes. <laughs> and like, Lord, I gladly give it up to you because I tried it. It don't work my way. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It, it don't work. How many of you have tried it your way and it didn't work your way? Come on. It ain't work your way. He loves us as children. And as his children, he's going to discipline us. He's going to make sure that we get it right. So, he, so he, he blessed us with wealth so that we could establish his covenant. Same point I just made earlier, the New Testament version of that, is seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. It's about the kingdom of God. That's what's most important. The souls of men, serving men, investing into the lives of people. His kingdom come, his will be done right here on earth. That is what's most important to God. Can I ask you a question? Is that most important to you? And then let me back it up with a second question. Does your pocketbook reflect that? Now, if it doesn't, it's no need to get upset about it. Just start making some changes. Some of you right now, God is saying, Test, just make some changes. Just say, you know what, God? I'm going to just do a 360. Everybody know what a 360 is, right? Some of us just need to do a 360. 
because we're never going to get in. And, you know, and I can hear the enemy right now telling you, but, but you can't because I da, 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 da. I can, boy, I can hear the enemy. You know, and how many know that Satan is a thief? And he's been stealing people's joy, happiness. How many know financial problems cause cause more problems in so many relationships? Am I right about it? Families have been broken up over money. That's why we got to deal with it. Because the enemy wants to keep a stronghold there. The only way I know to get us free is to handle it God's way, to give it over to him. So in conclusion, here's what we got to do. Realize and confess it every day. Here it is. That God owns it all. Secondly, watch this. Repent and relinquish control of your money to God. That's what you do. So watch. I don't don't care how much you got. Lincoln said, Lord, this is yours. It's your money, God. It's not mine. So what do you, how, how would you have me to do it? Who would you have me give to? How would, you, how would you want me to utilize this money? What would you have me to invest in? God is yours. He's the owner. But how many know that bad managers can't give? Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, knowing that God is, is the owner is not enough. We still have to be good managers, and we'll talk more about that in the coming days. We're not faithfully managing his money. It won't be there when he calls us to give it away. There's nothing more disappointing to me personally than being in a position that you can't give when God calls for you. Part of uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe, uh, chapter 9, I believe, it talks about that God, uh, God is able to give you more grace and for every good work. Everybody say every good work. That's what we want. So when we get confused about who the owner is, you know what normally happens? We become stressful and anxious and moody. Is anybody here stressful, anxious, and moody today? When we get confused about who the owner is, we develop a closed fist mentality. In fact, Oftentimes, we go on the defensive. You know you're free when you don't get defensive about God's money. And I say that to you out of a heart of love. I don't say that to you because of any kind of self-motive that I have, selfish motive. I I am not. Because if anybody, can I say this to you, and I'm closing right now, can I say this to you? The one of the things that, that, that was, I was most sensitive about when I first became a Christian, and it took me about a good seven to eight years to get this down, is that I was always really sensitive with those that were, I, I considered were just manipulating and, and, and taking, you know, taking God's, God's money, manipulating people and taking advantage of them. Can I say this? There's a lot less of that going on than you think. You ever notice that the devil always want to highlight all the negative. There are more pastors and churches and leaders that, that are doing the right thing than, than what the devil wants you to think. Part of that, if I had to be honest with myself, I wasn't ready to do it because I didn't want to make the changes. But the revelation, when it came to me that God owns it all, it made it so much easier for me to obey because I know he owns it. So I, I, it's okay now. It's not mine. It's his. And God, I'm grateful for any portion ever you want me to use for myself. 
And God wants to bless us in all of that. But he wants us to relinquish control to him. And honestly, the only way that I believe that you relinquish control is to position yourself to give to the things that matter the most to God. It's the only way I know how to do it. You got to demonstrate it. You got to demonstrate it. And we'll, we'll talk in the coming week about some other things that can help us with that. But some of us just need to make some decisions today. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.